Yes. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to Up in Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into the commonalities of successful people and the ups and downs of risk-taking. Before I introduce my guest today, I want to let you know if you miss any part of today's show, want to hear it again or share it, there's a way, and Sun Gray will tell you how. All UIYB past and present interviews are available at Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, Facebook page, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital version, flagandbanner.com's website, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Just ask your smart speaker to play Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And by subscribing to our YouTube channel or flagandbanner.com's email list, you will receive prior notification of that day's guest. Back to you, Carrie. Thank you again, Gray. My guest today is the Broadway actor, Mr. Jacob Keith Watson, who is back in his home state and working in Little Rock's Arkansas Repertory Theater's production of Into the Woods. The play began April 19th and runs through May 15th with Watson as the leading male character, The Baker. In reading Jacob's bio, it looks like this acting gig may be his first performance of Into the Woods, but it is far from his first time on stage. At my last count, Jacob has acted in 15 plays across the work spectrum of Broadway, national tours, and regional theater. To name a few, and some you'll likely recognize, Carousel, Hello, Dolly, Phantom of the Opera, and Chicago. I love how his and other actors' resumes are unlike that of a traditional application for a job. At the top of the page, it lists his height, weight, (laughs) eye color, hair color, and voice range. In no way could I ask those questions to a prospective hired Arkansas flag. (laughs) So, Mr. Jacob Keith Watson is five feet, nine inches tall. That's right. Sure. Five foot nine. Wink, wink. Oh. Oh! (laughs) A little little hint. 200 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes, and sings a baritoner high C. It is my pleasure to welcome to the table the hardworking performance artist, actor, baritoner, and lead male role of Into the Woods at the Arkansas Repertory Theater, Mr. Jacob Keith Jackson. Hello! <laughs> that sounds just like a theater voice, doesn't it? <laughs> so, you look just like a baker. And you said you're a baker at heart. I am, yeah. So, you're from Arkansas. I am originally from Wynn, Arkansas. What do your parents do? Uh, they're both retired now. My dad was, for a long time, he coached football at Truman High School in, in Truman, Arkansas. I bet you played football. You're I did play football. Th- you played uh, defense. Football. I was actually offense. Really? Yeah, on we had the, a very interesting def- offense. offense. line? We had an, I was on the offensive line, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so then he, after coaching football, he was the principal of my high school for quite a while. Ain't that just Arkansas? That's so Arkansas. Yeah. <laughs> and then my mom was a, a teacher at the school as well. Kids of teachers grow up to be the best kids. We've had lots of people on here who are teachers' kids. Makes sense to me. Yeah, they just they know how to teach kids. You know, they should teach parenting in school, in my opinion, because I was in shock when I had my first kid. Yeah, I can't imagine. And my daughter hates this when I say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. We call her the burnt pancake because you know how the first one you throw out because you're kind of learning, you're kind of (laughs) pissed. Yeah, she hates you that. Still, you still eat it, but, you know. Yeah. yeah. But you learn on the first one, you know. But teachers actually, the griddle. Yes, but teachers actually learn how to parent as a college degree. Mm. So yeah. you yeah. just end up with these great parents. Do you have any siblings? I hope they had more. I have two older sisters. What do they do? Are they actors? They're both speech pathologists. Oh. Teachers. Both, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So did you always want to be an actor? Um. No, um, I think it kind of hit when I was between junior and senior year of high school. I saw a production of Les Mis at the Orpheum in Memphis. And I saw, I was like, oh, that guy's looks like a linebacker and he's singing really high mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and he's got a big beard. I think I could do that. And so that's kind of what sparked the, the whole thing for me was seeing that production. And I'd done some shows in high school and stuff like that. And, the, and all of my teachers and everything were so supportive and wonderful. But that was the moment that the so you could you could always me. sing. In some in some way, I sing in church some, and then I sing in choir starting probably sophomore year of high school. I don't think people realize that you can learn to sing. Oh yeah, anybody. Anybody can learn it. You anybody. may not sing like Whitney Houston, but yeah, but you can sing. Yeah, I wish I'd have known that because I love to sing, but I sing terrible because I don't ever do it. 
Um, so I, I highly recommend that people sing as a, as you know, yeah. when you're when you're into music in yeah. junior high, just join some Why choir not? and sing in school. Why not? So did your mother teach you to do that? The best teaching mother, the best teacher. No, she she was actually a she was a business teacher. She taught business classes and computer classes and stuff like that. So I bet she doesn't like you're an actor. <laughs> She's like, honey, that's not very uh, no, stable. No, they are incredibly supportive. They have always been, never once made me feel like I shouldn't go into this this business. And I'm very lucky in that way. Did you go to college for it? I did. I went to Washington Baptist University in Arkadelphia, studied musical theater down there, and then moved to New York after that. You've been in New York ever since? Yeah. What yep. is it about OBU and training good musicians? I don't know. They right. just, you that's kind of, that's yeah. why I went there in the first place. Mm-hmm. I was like, it was the only a musical theater degree when I was coming out of high school in the state. It mm-hmm. might still be. I'm not sure. Um, and, and they just had such great teachers. Mm-hmm. So many good voice teachers. Yeah, very, very shocking. Yeah. Um, but great, great education there. Great training. Well, there is a close relationship between religion and theater. And there's a lot yeah. of both in Arkadelphia. That's yeah. correct. Mm-hmm. I mean, OBU is a Baptist. Right. Correct. You know, and you can't really be a preacher without having some performing talents. <laughs> right. I mean, really, that's you right. can't yeah. get up. I mean, I'm not get, trying yeah. to dish on, no. yeah. on it. But yeah. how did religion even begin? Didn't it begin? Charisma. It's, Performance. Yeah. Per, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, who wants to dress up in all those outfits anyway? <laughs> Unless you're in theater. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, we're, you get paid to do it, right? we're Episcopalian, so they, oh, yeah. those guys all wear dresses. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Costumes and props. Oh, and all, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the whole thing. Oh, yeah. The whole thing. Rigmarole. Uh-huh. It is quite a production on Easter Day. That's right. Uh-huh. Um, so you left right out of um, college, mm-hmm. went straight up to New York. I spent a few months in Shreveport, Louisiana, working with the Shreveport Opera uh, as a young artist. You uh, sing that good that you can sing opera. You <laughs> well, learned to sing that good. It's been a while since I've sung that way, but um, uh, I, at one point in time in my life, I could sing like that, yeah. Do and st- now I do mostly mostly do, theater stuff. Do you still live in New York? Yeah. Well, we live right outside of New York. We're in New Jersey. We moved out. We bought a house out in New Jersey about uh, four or five years ago. You have to listen to New Jersey jokes all the time? <laughs> yes. People think New Jersey's awful. And if you talk to people and all your friends in New York City, they think it's terrible. And then they get out there and they see how beautiful it is. I and know. how Once you get past, you know, the initial industrial part right next to the city. And it's gorgeous. It's called the Garden State. Yeah, it's you know lined what I mean? with trees. Like, the streets are lined with trees. Yeah, exactly. It's beautiful. Old so houses. They they kind of shut up once they visit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. They leave us alone once they come out. So uh, you've lived in New York mm-hmm. all through the pandemic. Well, so we, luckily we were right outside the city. We were in New Jersey. So I didn't have it, you know, it didn't wasn't as complicated as it was for a lot of my friends who were still dead, not, you know, like stuck in the city. What's your wife do? She's an interior designer. You both have unstable jobs. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that was super fun for y'all. Oof. Well, we just we we renovated our house. She she was still working in uh uh in a real estate com- capacity at the time. She was doing staging for a real estate team during that period, and that picked oh, up. Oh, sure. That uh-huh. was wild. Yeah. And so I kind of I turned towards. I helped her a lot. I helped her move and uh yeah. ins- do installs and stuff like that, and then also renovate our house. Y'all uh, have children. No kids. Two cats. Lucia and Ophelia. Oh. oh. Uh, oh <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, Sun Gray's been meaning to ask you this about your voice. You're called uh-huh. a baritone. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were going to talk about this. Uh, so, somebody used that term with me once. It, mm-hmm. It's the He was the conductor, I think still is the conductor for Opera Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, he's this extremely eccentric Italian man. And uh-huh. I was... He asked me what voice part I sang when he, I I told him I did church music and Mm -hmm. I told him, I was like, well, I'm kind of like a high baritone, low tenor. And in this just crazy thick accent, he's like, ah, a baritenor. (laughs) And I was like, is that a real thing? And you know, he's really eccentric. So I just like Uh went with it and then never heard it again until I saw it on your, on your paper. Yeah. Go ahead. I just think it's a funny word that somebody actually uses. (laughs) It's funny that somebody actually uses that word. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. It's yeah, it's interesting. That word kind of like it, it started. Probably, it's been around for just a, a little while, but it's really now it's like a real thing mm-hmm. because there's like musical theater tenor, which is kind of which uh, I always a felt like was more of... derogatory than baritenor. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you're a musical theater tenor. <laughs> yeah. It's got a different sound. Yeah. It's like a yeah. different kind of thing. And... Wait, what, so which one's higher? 
Well, uh, it doesn't. It, it kind of. They're both kind of unofficial terms. So. Right. Yeah, they're kind of made up yeah. terms. It's interesting because if I were doing opera, my voice would have lended. It would definitely. I was. I would just be a tenor. Mm-hmm. If I was doing opera, my voice is definitely tenorial. But if I were in the musical theater world, they don't really have tenors like that anymore. They don't write songs like mm-hmm. that classical kind of sound anymore. So now I'm called a berry tenor because I have a heavier sound to my voice than most tenors in the musical theater do. Uh, and I can kind of fake a baritone sound, so therefore I'm a baritoner. So you're, you, you, wrote, you wrote on your resume, high C. What, Gray, mm-hmm. what would you call yourself? Maybe a baritoner with like a high A on a good yeah. thing? Yeah. You know. Well, see, that's the thing, too, is baritoner is so it's, it's a funny so word. Inclusive. It's a funny word. Yeah. Is that lower? A little, yeah, a little bit lower. Yeah, there's like mm-hmm. a lower version and a higher version. Mm-hmm. You can it's tell very I'm, strange. You can tell I know a lot about music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the performing artist, Mr. Jacob Keith Watson, in town to play the role as Baker in the Arkansas Repertory Theater's production, Into the Woods, a Stephen Sondheim play. Still to come, the play's premise, the play's use of local talent, and the fun local twist the director, Addie Golden Hahn, has added to the stage production. It's a surprise. We'll be right back. You're listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Over 40 years ago, with only $400, Carrie founded Arkansas Flag and Banner. During the last four decades, the business has grown and changed, along with Carrie's experience and leadership knowledge. In 1995, she embraced the internet and rebranded her company as simply flagandbanner.com. In 2004, she became an early blogger. Since then, she has founded the nonprofit Friends of Dreamland Ballroom, began publishing her magazine, Brave, and in 2016 branched out into this very radio show, YouTube channel, and podcast. In 2020, Carrie McCoy Enterprises acquired OurCornerMarket.com, an online company specializing in American-made plaques, signage, and memorials for over 20 years, and more recently opened a satellite office in Miami, Florida. Telling American-made stories, selling American-made flags. TheFlagandBanner.com. Back to you, Carrie. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Jacob Keith Watson, the lead actor in the Arkansas Repertories Theater production, Into the Woods. All right, Mr. Jacob Keith Watson. <laughs> um, so why do we use all three of your names to confuse dyslexic people like me? Well, for one reason, uh, for a very purely practical reason, uh, when I went to join the Actors Union, there was already a Jacob Watson oh. on the list. Mm-hmm. And so I had to then find another option. And I considered Jacob Keith. Uh, Keith is my father's name. It's also my proper middle name. Is there a J.K. Watson? No, but I Sounds was like afraid of being the, the J.K. Rowling yeah. and, and uh, J.K. Simmons, mm-hmm. who I do love. But I kind of wanted to be like, yeah, he can have that. That's his thing. We're both redheaded, bald guys. I'll oh, let him do it. that's true. You know yeah. what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to confuse anyone anymore. And then the other thing was most of my favorite actors uh, used all three names. So I was like, okay, I'll just do all three of them. Why not? Before we talk about um, the actors in the play, let's talk about, tell our listeners what the premise of the show is. It's a medley of fairy tales. Correct. So the first half is very much all of these famous Grimm's fairy tales uh, kind of interwoven into, it's like, what if all of this happened in one, one forest? You know what I mean? Uh, and, and everyone's wishes and everyone's dreams and hopes, they all come true in the first half. Uh, and then in the second half, you deal with the consequences of, of getting what you asked for, uh, which is not always a good thing. Um, and so the second half kind of is more the reality of what happens uh, in the real world uh, when everything goes right in the first half, what actually happens in the, in the world. Uh, so it's a really interesting, uh, be sure to stick around for the second half because uh, I know some people are like, oh, that was lovely. I did it. It mm-hmm. plays over. Everyone's happy and everyone's good. Um, but there is a second half. Why are plays and movies so long these days? That's a great question. Did you watch, did you go see Batman? I haven't seen it yet. No, but I, I it's on HBO Max and I was going to watch it the other night. I was like, you didn't three have hours half a long. Day. You didn't have half a day? To I'm, I'm fine. Yeah. I'm going to give it some time. But you know, the truth is, is if it's, uh, the, the, the thing I always say is if it's really uh, important and it's really telling a story and it's really of quality work, you won't even notice that it's been three hours. 
I don't know. I get stoved up sitting around for three hours. I don't care how. <laughs> You'd be good surprised. It is. You'd be. I watched a, a production of. There's a play called Long Day's Journey into Night, uh, oh, which cool. is by Eugene O'Neill. I saw a production of it with uh, Jessica Lange mm-hmm. and Michael Shannon, and it was four and a half hours long. And I went to a student matinee. I was there. It was at the Whoa. Roundabout Theater, and it was just me and a bunch of high school kids. And those high school kids were enthralled for four and a half hours. What's the name of it? Long Day's Journey into Night. Gorgeous play, but it's long. But that's what I mean. If it's done well and it's quality and it's really telling the story, you'll be surprised what you'd sit through. So the the uh, so I, I didn't realize this. All of the fairy tales are grim. Uh, in some version, yeah. The the baker and the baker's wife are not. It's it's harder to track where they came from. They don't they don't really fall neatly into any of the fairy tales. I was going to ask you: Are they part of Rapunzel? Rapunzel? No, that, they're not. They're not really a part of any of those. So they're not. They're just not a fairy tale at all. There is one. There is a thing, and they're kind of loosely based on a couple of different uh, oh. fairy tales combined into one. Uh, and it's really kind of the the device you follow throughout the show is is these two people, uh, and they're kind of like the. Uh, you know, there's the fairy tales going on, and then they're kind of like, what's the, the heart the of the thing? Road yeah, all yeah, the that plots. you're really following yeah. yes. through the whole so thing. So the baker and the baker's wife mm-hmm. are the center point through the whole movie, and you're the baker. And then all these fairy tales come in, like you were saying, at, at interject uh, con- at junctions mm-hmm. throughout the movie. And the fairy tales are Jack and the Beanstalk, mm-hmm. Little Red Riding Hood, mm-hmm. Cinderella, Rapunzel. Is that all of them? Yeah, and then you also have all of the princes involved with Cinderella and and all of that, and somewhere along the way, Snow White and Sleeping Beauty sneak in, and the the characters are not actually there, but they're discussed at some point. And uh, well, and to be clear, uh, it is very much uh, a massive ensemble of people that make this thing happen. Uh, the The baker and the baker's wife um, just don't happen to be actual fairy tales. They kind of have more of a, a human story that happens through it. There's not really a lot of magic that happens with them, mm-hmm. uh, whereas everyone else has, like, magical things that happen. And so that's reason, kind of the difference. And the reason it's called Into the Woods is mm-hmm. because all of these characters go into it's the all, woods. Yeah, in order to get your wish, you have to go into the woods and everybody, and to so, find these things, and they all butt heads and collide. Do y'all use the woods, or do you use the library in the production of the We play? use both. We've got both. So this is really interesting. Mm-hmm. The... Um, Addie Gorlin Hahn, the mm-hmm, director, mm-hmm. decided to start the play in the library, which is not in the original movie. Right. Talk about that. Yeah, so uh, the original concept is very much a fairy tale. You know, it's just kind of the story, and they go into the woods, and it's the thing. Um, Addie is really passionate about um, using local things to tell whatever story they're telling. Um, and she chose the clinton children's library the hillary clinton children's library as the location for uh this specific story since it's a storybook you know there's it's the fairy tales it's all about books and all of this stuff so there is a through line for for books and the library and we use a lot of book props and puppets are made out of books and all kinds of fun things in that way um but she wanted to use something extremely local to this area um to tell the story and to make the setting for people to be like oh i recognize that thing i've seen that thing before um, meanwhile, you know, everything's covered in vines, everything it's, there's fog everywhere and it feels like the woods, but the architecture is very much of, uh, the Hillary Clinton children's library. And the first act is short. Yeah. If you go on, so for our listeners, if you go online and you go to the rep, uh, com, and there's, she's did a little YouTube video on there and mm-hmm. she talks about the set and she talks about everything you just said mm-hmm. And she says in that clip that it's more, to me, the, when the movie that I watched before I came here mm-hmm. with all the famous actors, which mm-hmm. we'll talk about, was, was pretty much equal. The f- I would say the first act was longer than the second act. Mm-hmm. But she flipped it. She made the first act shorter than the second act. Um, That's what she says or referred to. Have you noticed that? No, I have not. I haven't really paid much attention to the length of of any of it. She said the emphasis is on the second half because it's where the teaching comes in and the That's learning correct. comes Yeah, in. I do agree with that. The first half is very much the stories you know. Everything happens the way you think it's going to happen to an extent. There's lots of fun surprises along the way. But you get, you know, everybody gets what they want. Everybody gets their wish. Everybody gets the thing they were chasing. The happily ever after. The happily ever after. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, 
is the part where the teaching, like she said, the teaching comes in, where the information that you need to walk away from the theater with comes in. And so it hits a little harder and hits in a, in a little deeper way than the first half does. So, Gray, you played this part in school. Oh, sort yeah. Of. He was a baker. So you're familiar with Into the Woods Junior. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Where they consolidate the first half into like a PG version, and then the whole show ends with the happy ending. Right, yes. right. Yeah, in my junior year of high school, I did the baker. Oh, fun. Yeah, I know, right? Fun, it is, fun, it's, fun. A good, it's a good role. It's really fun. Yeah. But I had no context for what Into the Woods Junior was in relation to the real show. Sure. So sure, when sure, sure. I finally kind of like looked into it after all that was done, I was like, oh, this is so much more dark and interesting. <laughs> it's beyond than, good. Yeah, it's really fascinating. In the children's version. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So the children's version stops after the first act, the Pretty happily much, ever. Yeah, yeah in, in terms of the story, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the second half is what we're going to get to see at the rip. Yes. Right. The, and what you see in the movie. The real, yeah, and the, the sort of original and version. I will say something that Addie is really passionate about is, of course, to a certain age. She wants this production to be available to almost all ages. So, you know, the, the, she doesn't think you want to, you should talk down to children when you're teaching them. You know, you should talk to them as though... This is reality. This is the way things actually are. And she wants this production to be that for people with young kids and young families to bring their kids and not feel afraid to stay for the second half. So nobody be afraid to stay for the second half. Uh, It gets dark. There are things that happen, but you know, that's life. That's the, that's the way it is. And um, it's really important. I think. So what's your lead song? There's the big song at the end of act two. You've changed. Uh, Well, so there's that one, which is called it takes two which is the one I do with my wife, which is do it. my favorite number mm-hmm. in the show. I love doing it with the superstar, Simone Rose, uh, who's playing my wife, the baker's wife. She's unreal. Um, but that's my fa- probably my favorite number to do in the show. And then the other big number I sing is at the end of Act 2. Um, it's called No More. Um, Are y'all going to sing together that song? Absolutely not. I don't remember <laughs> any of, also, I don't remember any of the words. And could, you know what I love about End of the Woods? The harmony. There are so many nice so harmonies. So many harmonies. Sondheim so beautiful. Is good at that. Huh? Yeah. I mean, Sondheim is good at that. All his shows have interesting harmonies yeah. and fun melodies. Yeah. And lots of words. So many so words. So many words. <laughs> Giants in the sky. Classic. See, you, you're singing. I can do you it one it. line. That was it. That was it. <laughs> and our Jack is fabulous. He what? sings the mess out of that song. Oh, your Jack is fabulous. Yeah, How old is he? I think he's a senior at Little Rock Central, Correct. I want to say. Is he short or tall? Tall. Very well, how can you have he a tall jack? He was the tallest person in that it's great. In photo, it seemed like. <laughs> it's yeah, great. It was awesome. Stand next to him, and I'm like, hey, uh-huh. kid. <laughs> so if you watch the Disney Channel, I couldn't believe the people that were in the movie. If you watch mm-hmm. the Disney version, mm-hmm. there James Corden is plays the, ba- yep. the baker, what you're playing. Emily Blunt is his wife. Anna Kendricks is Cinderella. Mm-hmm. And then Christine, I don't know how, here's one of these names I don't know how to say, Baranski. Yep. That's it. Yeah. Uh, and then you've seen her everywhere. Yeah. And then Chris Pine is the prince in the movie. Mm-hmm. God, it's so hot. <laughs> Whoa. Have y'all seen Gray? I can't remember. He's not aging as well as he was when he was young. I just watched a movie of him the other day. Every time I oh, see really? his name, I'm like, I'm going to go watch him. Well, you know, some of those really hot guys like. I hope, I? Not, I hope you're not listening, Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> he's still fine don't get me yeah. wrong but he was so hot in this show and then meryl streep is the yeah. witch yeah. how awesome is that johnny depp is the wolf of mm-hmm. course perfect typecasting uh <laughs> and tracy ullman yeah and i and josh brolin was in there somewhere and i don't even know where he was in the movie but there are so many people yeah. that put this production on are you using this many people in your play oh yeah how many people are in it? I think uh, on stage, I think we have, I haven't counted, but somewhere between 20 and 23 people. That's a lot. On stage, plus our offstage understudies. So I, uh, should we go ahead and tell them who the giant's wife is? I think we have to. It's Hillary Clinton. It's in the play. <laughs> Hillary Clinton. But she's not in it. It's her she's voice. She's not in it. It's her voiceover. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So Surprise. She, so she comes in from... All the speakers. And it makes so much sense that Addie, the director, loved Hillary Clinton's library. She exactly. found it. She, where's Addie from? She's originally from Minnesota. Well, she loved Little Rock. She just yeah. She just spouted on about She's how so much passionate she, about, about it. Yeah. Uh-huh. And she loved Little Rock. She's a lot of local cast members. Mm-hmm. And she loved Hillary Clinton's library. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, t- trying to tie it all together, asked Hillary for yeah. a cameo and... She said, okay. Exactly. Isn't that incredible? Yes. 
Yeah. yeah, it's so cool. Did you know um Will Trice, Will Trice the yeah. artistic director? Did you know, artistic director. Did you know Will Trice from New York before? We knew of each other. We've you know, we've known of each other for a few years because he was in New York for a long time mm-hmm. and um but we never really crossed paths, but we follow each other on all the social media and all that kind of stuff. You kind of you can, it, there's like a weird spidey sense with all the people who make Arkansas. theater when you're from Arkansas originally. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're doing out doing it, you kind of have a thing where you're weirdly connected. Uh, and, and yeah, I'd never met him or really chatted with him prior to, to this, but uh, I'm so grateful that I was able to come back and do this. So does he, who cast the people, the actors? I think there's two, there's two casting directors. There's a local casting director, uh, Felicia Dinwiddle, who is the, uh, company manager and casting associate for the rep. And then there's a, uh, a gentleman named Jason Styers, who is a New York casting director uh, that they've used um, to help uh, bring in some of the New York talent. How do you apply for this job? How do you go in? It's kind of all over tape? the place. Yeah, it's kind of different depending on the job. Nowadays, it's it's mostly videos. Um, prior to uh, COVID, I would say it was, it was mostly you go in person. Uh, they send you some material. Your agent submits you for the job, and then the casting director kind of whittles down who they want to bring in and then from there it's kind of up to the director and the, and the artistic director uh to decide who they want to do the show uh, but then you would come in and with audition materials and do it uh the way we do it now is you send in a video and if they want to see you in person then you maybe come back for a call back um, but a lot of times they'll just say hey try it this way and then you send another tape in um so yeah yeah it's interesting you like it better or worse i personally really like doing videos because I can just do it and leave it. I don't have to go into the city. And you can to, redo it and redo it. You can, yeah. I think the, the, the trap of them is that if you keep going sometimes, you just get stuck and you just keep doing it. It gets and you worse. You get like banging your head. your head against the wall. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so most of the time, I, I try to do three or four takes. And then what I end up using 99% of the time is the first one I did anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, do you get the script how far in advance? Um, when actually doing the show, mm-hmm. um, it kind of depends. Uh, sometimes you get it a couple days before, sometimes you get it a month or so before. There's so much to memorize. I know. How do you do that? I know it's tricky. So you can't be an actor unless you have a great, uh, ability to memorize stuff. It's definitely part of the, it's definitely part of the skill set that's, that's necessary. Uh, it's not, you know, some people are better at it than others. And, uh, but I would say in some form, it's a good brain, a great, a good brain exercise to be able to memorize. If you don't say it exactly like it's written, does the director get mad if you add if you get in there and ad lib a word or two because you can't remember it right? Um, it kind of depends on who you're working with. Generally, no, um, but there is a certain amount of honor and integrity you want to bring to the piece. You know, as an actor, I think it's part of your job to do your best to to bring the intent of what was written word for word. Sometimes the brain just whoop, goes away. We call it going into the white room where you're just what what am i doing and so you just start making things up uh, and trying to get back on track in some yeah. form so it happens but you know you do your best does it happen memorize. live oh, yeah well that's why we call it the white room because you're just glaring uh-huh. gone um but yeah so the the goal always is to be word for word for what the so original when did you get was. this script i got this script oh i want to say three weeks four weeks before we started before i started this uh, I was in the middle. I was doing another show at the time out in Berkeley, California, um, and so I met. I worked a little bit on it there, uh, and then I was doing another workshop of another musical right before this. So I didn't really have time to work on that, work on it then. But I, I did my best to show up as what, memorized. So as when possible. did you start getting serious about learning it? Um, I would say when I got it. When I got it, it's a lot of material. And then when I got here, when I finally got to working on it, it's interesting because with certain shows, you also don't want to be too memorized. When you show up, because you kind of want to, you don't want to, uh, you can fall into the trap of memorizing it, um, and then you've memorized the way you're going to act it too. You know oh. what I mean? And so you kind of want to learn it as you're going sometimes, uh, so that it still feels more organic and more human, as opposed to this is the way I'm going to do it because I memorized it this way, no matter how the person across from you is doing it. How long is the play? I think two two forty. So you mem- and you're on stage most of the time. I do have a couple of breaks, um, but I'm on stage in some form quite a bit, yeah. So you had to memorize three hours worth of words and songs. Hey. <laughs> Gray, why are you laughing, Gray? It's very exaggerated, by her. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't seem like it to me. I can't even read his name without making a mistake. Sometimes 
Sometimes I have to do 30-second commercials, and they have to hold up a flashcard over the guy's head because I can't even memorize well, 30 seconds. Memorization is just like singing. It's a skill that you can build. Yeah, you yeah. Know. And lots like, of people lots of people on the show have lots of things to say and sing in this show. So, I, you know, we share the, the, that burden together. That two-and-a-half-hour two burden is shared amongst many folks. I just... I really admire people that do that kind of stuff. I can't imagine. All right, this is a great place to take a break. When we come back, we'll continue our conversation with the stage actor, Mr. Jacob Keith Watson, back in his home state to play the role as Baker in the Arkansas Repertory Theater's production, Into the Woods. Still to come, Mr. Watson's career, what it's like to be on Broadway or to be on a national tour, and last, tips for those who dream of a career in acting. We'll be right back. At flagandbanner.com, we share your anguish at the sights from Ukraine every night. Mothers and children in strollers fleeing their homeland and their brothers, husbands, and sons fighting to defend their unjustly attacked country. Displaying the Ukraine flag lets the world know your heart is with the Ukrainian people. Flagandbanner.com has lots of ways for you to display your allegiance to freedom, celebrate your patriotism, and show your colors. Log on and look through our website flagandbanner.com Arkansas's flagandbanner.com is more than just a flag store open six days a week you're listening to up in your business with me Carrie McCoy I'm speaking today with Mr. Jacob Keith Watson who is back in his home state as the lead role in Arkansas Repertory Theater's production Into the Woods a fun play chocked full of life lessons for the whole family before the break we talked about the play so if you're just tuning in you might want to go back and listen to what the play is going to be like for if you're going to go see it because it kind of puts it in context for you. It's mm-hmm. a fairy tale full of medley of fairy tales, all grim fairy tales. And then there's life lessons that are good for the whole family. And then it's interesting to me how you talk about how fast you have to learn all that memorization and the songs and the and the uh, camaraderie that comes from working together and the way it's organically unfolds. Mm-hmm. And I just I can't imagine being an actor or an actress and doing this every day. I noticed that the rep has a new play every month. Mm. I'm like, how do they do that? <laughs> you just not sleep for 30 right? days? For 30 days straight? What does Will Trice do? Just not sleep for third, for a whole <laughs> four months in a row? Probably. Jacob, do you plan to be a actor all your life? Um, yeah, I think so. I think uh, more than that, I think I definitely see myself being involved in the theater. Uh, for the rest of my life, whether that's as a teacher or administrator in some form or a director, um, uh, I definitely want to be involved in the theater as long as possible. Well, your parents are teachers. Mm-hmm. I can. I already see the writing on the wall. <laughs> when you get tired of traveling and you decide to settle down, uh-huh. it's going to be teaching. You gonna? You live in New York now? Uh, yeah, we live or right outside. Jersey. Yeah, we live in New Jersey. You gonna? Uh, you think you'll stay up there? I'm not sure. We've, we've talked about, you know, now that everything is so digital and most auditions are via tape uh, and via video recordings, uh, we've talked about what it would look like to maybe move closer to family. Who knows? Where's um, your wife from? She's really originally from Memphis. Oh, so you are both Southerners. Yeah, yep, yep, yep. And we grew up, you know, our, my hometown was 45 minutes from Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, now so- my parents live in Jonesboro. So it's a little longer, but I mean, two hours from Memphis is, is not. Your dad still teaching football? Nope, no more. Nothing. They're both retired. Yep. Uh, starting out, did you have a contingency plan? Did you think? I mean, you went to school to be an actor. Mm-hmm. What was your backup plan? Because let's be honest, most people don't, or do they? Maybe I'm wrong. It seems like most people don't really end up staying in the business. Well, it's interesting. Um, I think if you'd asked me this, you know, prior to studying it and becoming a professional actor, I'd be like, yeah, I think a contingency plan is a great thing. A backup plan is a great thing. And then after having done it, um, uh, I realized why people leave the business. It's, it's rarely because they're not working or because they can't hack it or whatever the, you know, the, the culture likes to make jokes about. So, oh, that person couldn't hack it, so they quit the business and moved away. That's not really a thing. What it is usually is people re- recognize they, they want something else out of their life and they choose to go do something else. And it's a great thing. And I applaud it. And it takes a lot of courage and, and curiosity. And, and it's very exciting to me when people do that. Um, so for me personally, I entered school thinking I was actually going to go teach probably. 
uh, I'd never thought I, I wanted to be an actor and in, in my head I was like, yeah, I could do this. But then, you know, you go to a small school and you think, well, no one's really, you know, no one's really ever been on Broadway from this school. So that's kind of a pipe dream. And then somewhere along the way you say, okay, well actually I'm going to do it. I'm going to go do it. And you switch the, 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 the flip is the switch is flipped. There you go. Woo! That took a minute. You're having a carry moment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the switch has been flipped, and you decide, okay, well, I'm going to go go all in on this and go for it. Uh, and so I never really had a contingency plan. Um, I, I still don't have a contingency plan. Um, there are so many acting opportunities today. It's yep. not like the old days when you had three channels and right. two movie studios. And Broadway was like the only goal. You right, know? exactly. Yeah, yeah, there's so many, so many places that... That's what I tell students all the time. It's like Broadway is a great thing. Like it's a great goal to have if that's what you really want to do. But you can make theater in so many places. There are so many great places like Little Rock to be a theater maker. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's just, you know, we've been told that there's only one place you can do it. And that's just, that's not What do you true. think about the Arkansas Repertory Theater? In I Little love Rock? It. People love it. I've had such a great time. Our actors love it. Would you call it a regional theater? So your repertoire is Broadway, national tour, and regional theater. Mm -hmm. So the rep is a regional theater? Yeah, that'd be regional. If you had to rate it from 1 to 10, what would you rate it? 12. It's great. Oh. Look at you. Having a great time. Sucking up. (laughs) (laughs) It is really good, though. No, it's really great. It's It's very unique for a town our size. I actually really love the the space, too. The theater itself is really, Mm -hmm. really cool. So let's talk about the the three genres that you've done. So Broadway. Is mm-hmm. that a tour? Is that a show every night? Oh yeah, and that's eight shows a week, six days a week. How do you keep your voice in place? Technique, um, rest, exercise, lots of water, lots of sleep. It's tricky. It's really what happens tricky. if it just gives out on you? Then you take time off, and, and you have an understudy. Yeah, you have an understudy. You or how often does the understudy get used? Um, it depends. It really depends on how difficult the show is. It depends on when you're doing it. It depends on all kinds of things. Have you been an understudy for a famous person before? I've been understudies for Broadway famous people. Okay. um, But not like a famous, famous person. Not like a movie person. Yeah. Weirdly, uh, I have not, in that circumstance, um, I haven't had to go on uh, as the understudy for for that, that particular role. I ended up actually, they had to leave for a little while, and then I ended up taking over the part for six weeks. What was the part? Enoch Snow in Carousel. And so that was my first principal lead role on Broadway. And so I never, I was always the understudy prior to that. And then that person had to take a leave for six weeks to go do another thing. Uh, and I took over for that period. And then I never went on if, before that. Is it true, like they say in the movies, that these stars are threatened by the understudies? No. I didn't think so. No, That's we're all doing it movie. together. Yeah, so many movie things. Well, life happens. Yeah, and like that's exactly. kind of the point of an understudy. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So. Like your kid's sick, stay home. I'm not trying to take your job. You go do your thing. So when you put, you do so, the difference between Broadway Broadway is eight shows a week, but when you're doing a national tour, also eight shows a week. No. Yep. You're not doing eight shows at the rep, then, are you? Uh, we're doing seven shows a week here. We're doing Tuesday through Sunday. Oh. So it's just as many shows. For yeah. some reason, I thought when you did regional or national tours. It kind of depends. So if you're doing a national tour, let's say, at the Robinson. So yep. they'll bring in, uh, I just went and saw Hairspray. Right. And it was a national tour. Uh-huh. But I don't think it played eight shows. Really? But it may have. Well, it's so so. The, here's the trick with national tours. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and this could be a very complicated conversation because then there's non-union national tours and then there's union national tours. Oh. We're not going to get into that. Um but uh, you can do what's called a split week on a national tour, which means you do four shows in a place like Little Rock, and then you travel the next morning, and then you load in and do four shows in Shreveport, Louisiana. Um, so you will have technically done eight shows, just, just maybe not in one location. Two locations. Boy, that yeah. seems even harder. It is very difficult. Of all mm-hmm. the ways you've done Sometimes Rock, they'll uh-huh. do one night a week. Oh. They'll do one uh, one show a day, and you travel and the next day and truck you from city to city yep. every the day. The poor guys that have to go in first. And That's set the real up. thing. Yeah, the the people who do the load in load out is awful. Oh, I can't imagine. Oh. So you've done Broadway, national mm-hmm. tour, regional tour. Of the three styles of work, which one's your favorite? They're all wonderful for different purposes. Um, I, I've really found a love for regional theater that I I didn't know I was going to have. Because you are going into these places and you're offering a service. You know what I mean? It, when you're doing regional theater, these houses are offering something to the community. 
Broadway is, yes, it is art. It is attempting to bring something new into the world. It's wonderful. But it's also purely business. It's trying to make money at the same time. National tour is an offshoot of that, whereas regional theater is something built for this community, by this community, for this community, uh, which is really exciting to me to be able to offer that to people. Your director just was so into it in her, yeah. In yeah. her YouTube. Yeah. She's fabulous. I think people don't realize that Little Rock's got so much to offer. We interview all kinds of people all the mm-hmm. time that say, I come here and I had no idea you were going to have a ballet. And, and it's pretty incredible. A, and mm-hmm. you have a symphony and you have this regional theater that's wonderful. And yeah. then you go up to uh, northwest Arkansas. And oh, man. Yeah. They really got that's it exploded. going on yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Theater Squared? Not yet. Yeah, speaking, I, of, speaking I, of regional I, theater, yeah, I know a handful of people up there. I've mm-hmm. chatted with them. It's cool. I, I haven't been. To yeah, the point. new space is incredible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you have a favorite show you've done? Ooh. So let's just go over some of your shows. Carousel okay. to, to, to jog your memory. Okay. On Broadway. Uh huh. Carousel. Hello, Dolly. Phantom of the Opera. Mm-hmm. Seventeen seventy six. Robert Livingston Encores. I played Robert Livingston uh, at, at the company Encores in New York. Yeah. In 1776. Is that your favorite show? No. Oh. I loved it, though. It Violet was Preacher? Uh, Violet was my probably my favorite show I've done for numerous reasons. But mostly, one, it's connected to Arkansas in some way. It's about, a, it's about this girl. The whole synopsis is very interesting. But it's about a person who's trying to uh, get healed, and so she takes a bus. Kind of, It's during the 60s, during the Civil Rights Movement. She takes a bus from North Carolina across the country to Oklahoma to a healing preacher. But she makes stops in Memphis. She makes stops in Fort Smith and all this kind of stuff to get to Oklahoma. Uh, and, and two, the reason it's my favorite is because it was my first professional, my first Broadway show. And it's also how I, I joined the Actors Union. Uh, and it's really where I learned how to be a professional actor. Uh, just watching so many like Tony Award winning people. And uh, it, it was incredible to be in that small room with only 10 to 15 of us uh, making that beautiful show and, and learning so much from those people and it was a really really special experience have you been to tony awards i did that was the first time i went did y'all win an award uh i think they won a i think we won a couple of things i'm not sure did neil patrick harris be happen to be the that MC? Actually, no it was actually hugh jackman that year i think if nobody's ever watched neil patrick harris <laughs> on youtube do the opening for the tony awards yeah. i watch it all the time. I bet, I, seriously, I bet I watched it twelve times. Mm-hmm. I even turned it on um, this year and showed my husband, and he was like, "Oh my gosh, he so wanted good. to watch it again." It's so good. Yeah, it's, it's so getting good. bigger. Uh-huh. I can't sing. <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> regional theaters. You've done kind of the same ones in the regional theaters. Othello. Oh, that sounds awful. <laughs> <laughs> that was at Arkansas Shakespeare Theater. That oh. was when I was in college still. As you like it. Also there. Yeah. That's the one where the monologue is all the world's a stage. All the men and women are merely players. Yeah. It's a good one. I love Shakespeare personally, but it does. It, you have to have people who really know what they're doing present it to you. Um, mm-hmm. And then you will understand it in a way you didn't expect to. All right. This is our last break before we come back and finish our interview with the performing artist, Mr. Jacob Keith Watson. Watson, a, bar- a baritoner, is singing his way into our hearts as the kind-hearted baker in the Arkansas Repertory Theater's production, Into the Woods, a Stephen Sondheim play for the whole family. When we come back, we'll get Watson's take on the future of theater and last, get tips for those who have the acting bug. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Addie Gorlin-Hahn. I am the director of Into the Woods here at the Arkansas Repertory Theater. I wish in a far-off kingdom Into the woods you go again You have to every now and then Into the woods no telling when Be ready for the journey Into the Woods, now at the Arkansas Repertory Theater until May 15th. Tickets at therep.org. 
You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with Mr. Jacob Keith Watson, who is back in his home state as the lead role in the Arkansas Repertory Theater's production, Into the Woods. So you have the best laugh. We were just talking about it. And uh, so I asked, do you laugh in the play? Uh-huh. And you said yes. And you also? Lots of laughing, lots of crying. How do you You'll cry? have all the things. Uh, sometimes it happens. Sometimes it doesn't. It's okay if it doesn't. Yeah. You just fake it. You just no, learn how you to just laugh. Keep going. You just keep going. You just learn how to cry. <laughs> and even if you're not cry, crying for real, you just look like you're crying because you're an actor and you can make it look like you're crying. Is that right? Well, yeah. You play the, the story and whatever happens, happens. That's the goal. And you, and you as an audience member will also laugh a ton and you'll also cry a ton. So if you're just tuning in, we've talked about life on the road, life in Broadway, how to take care of your voice. Don't bother having a contingency plan if you want to be an actor because <laughs> there is so much work out there you, today. I have you a can, caveat for that, I will add. All right. I will say that it is also very important to have other passions as an actor. This can't be your only thing that you're passionate about. You have to have other things you're chasing, other things you dream about um, because that then makes you a better actor. It makes you a more full human in, in order to do that. And also sometimes those other passions can lead to uh, ways of making great money. Um, that allow you to do even better jobs and even better shows and more interesting pieces of theater. So it's an interesting, interesting Great advice. Thing. Yeah. Yeah, if you don't have any life experience, how can you be an actor? Where do you draw from? Yeah, exactly. You don't look like someone's ever had any problems in your life. <laughs> you have great parents. Well, you we've to, all had things. You have? Yeah, you know, we've all had things. Yeah. Um, so I've heard that when you get up there and you're about to cry that you're supposed to think of when your dog died or something. <laughs> God. That'll make me cry in a heartbeat. I can yeah, just think relive about your it. trauma. Yeah, right. Is that what you do? <laughs> no. Oh. That sounds very like old school method. That acting. is very old school. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Well, how do you get your tears out? How do you do it? How? Where do you I mean, pull everyone, from? everyone, actors and everyone alike benefit from like vulnerability practices, right? And I think as an actor, it's something that's a part of what you do. And so if you uh, practice allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open. Uh, on a daily basis, it's going to be much easier when you're on a stage in front of people, too. People have a hard time being vulnerable. They do. I think that's one of the things I admire about actors so much is I sometimes watch them, even in movies and stuff, and I just think, how do they have so much faith and trust in the cameraman and the Mm. editor that they're just going to get up there and cry and snot and do all this (laughs) stuff and and just bare their soul Mm. and give it everything they've got and trust people that are supporting them yeah it does take a lot of trust it does yeah yeah advice to want to be actors do you have to be a triple threat uh coming from someone who is not a dancer no you, you don't, don't you don't dance i move i can i can i can do some things you fake it but you're not going to pay me a lot of money to do a lot of dancing um so no i think i think there's a space for all kinds of people um in the theater specifically that it's not what it used to be that you had to be a song and dance man in order to be in the musical theater. It's not like that anymore. If you were starting out again, is there anything you'd do different? Hmm. That's a really good question. No. Because you learned from it all. Yep. If you were going to give advice to somebody starting out, how would you tell them to start? Just start. Go to school? Do it anyway. Is it worth going to school? Uh, depends. Some people you know, it's really Lawrence, worth it. Jennifer Lawrence didn't even graduate high school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some people it's really worth it. Some people need the incubation period of, of just learning how to trust themselves and trust people around them. Some people are, are completely fearless already and, and can go for it and don't have to worry with that. Uh, and then there will be a time where those fearless people have to relearn that fearlessness. You know, it's kind of a cycle. It's not as easy as we're all in different phases uh, in different parts of the journey. And sometimes they take steps back and steps forward and classes you, you are think required. You'll be, you think you'll be uh, acting forever? I think so. In some form, I think, uh, like I, I mentioned earlier, I think uh, I'll either be involved in the theater in some way uh, for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Even if you end up a teacher. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, what's the future of theater? Were you in New York when COVID hit? And I you, was. Were you trying to get jobs? It. Well, there weren't any. They, everything was canceled. Everything well, so was gone. You, so you worked for your wife? Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. And anything else? Did you think? Did you just? Did you consider getting out of the business? Yeah, absolutely. I think for that first year, I really did not consider myself an actor. That first year of being off, I was kind of was like, oh, I was pretty tired. I was pretty run down. I'd done a lot of stuff up to that point. Uh, and I think I was like, what would it, what does it actually look like to not be in the theater or, or in, 
in, as an actor at all. Let's see what it looks like. And for that first year, I did, and and there came a point where I was like, oh, much to uh, my wife's dismay, sometime I'm I'm to be an actor. This is what I do. Um, that switch was flipped again, and I I was like, yeah, this is what I do. This is what I have to do, and this is what I'm supposed you to. You just be didn't doing. feel. You just didn't feel fulfilled. Yeah, I didn't. I felt. I felt there was a lot. There was like a piece of me missing. So, how much do you travel a year? It, it kind of varies. I would say prior to COVID, I tried to not travel very often. I really like to be home. Uh, I like to come home at night and, and be with my wife Elizabeth. I, I don't like to be out out on the road very often. Um, but after COVID, first of all, there's the, the work is you have to take it. Um, second of all, I've been presented with a lot of fun opportunities that haven't just happened to be in, in New York. So I've traveled some, uh, but it really varies kind of depending on season. When I did a tour for a year and I was never home, which was, I did not like that at all. Um, but I've, I've only been home probably two weeks in the last six months. It's not been good. It's been tough. How hard is it on your marriage? She got a boyfriend or something? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> no. No, of course Absolutely not. not. Yeah. She's actually in Memphis with her family right now. What in the world? That's too much. That's too. How, is this why actors are always getting divorced? Because you lose touch with your <laughs> it may, wife? Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I don't know. We. I'm lucky that we have a, a great relationship and we have great communication in that way. And, and there's Skype. We've done. Yeah, exactly. There's FaceTime and we've kind of figured out how to make it work for us. I just really enjoyed meeting you. So my last question, when you get, when you get off at Broadway and you have to drive home to New Jersey, Please, yeah. what time do you get home? Uh, it kind of depends. Sometimes if I'm taking the train, it could be one o'clock. If I'm taking, the, if I'm driving it usually earlier, um, but it's tough. Yeah. That, you're going to have to, dis- if you're going to have kids, you're going to have to change your life. <laughs> well, a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. A lot of people do when they have kids, they realize, oh, this is not maybe it. Uh-huh. You don't see your week. kid for six weeks. You come back and he's an inch taller. I'm going in exactly. I'm going into the city when they're going to sleep or coming home from school or what. Yeah, it's tricky. Yeah, but oh. I don't have kids. I've got cats and they're always around mm-hmm. and they're always awake. They'll be awake or at sleep. one a.m. Exactly, yeah. sleeping on my head. Yeah. <laughs> Jacob Keith Watson, I have enjoyed you so same much. here. Same here. I really enjoyed this interview. And for you to remember us by, here's a desk set with the U.S. flag, oh! of course, the Arkansas and the New York. But I really should have given him New Jersey. Oh, that's fine. I'll take New York. I work in New York. I work in New York. There you go. Thank this you is so lovely. Much. Oh, I love this. Thank you. This we love great. you. We love you. I look forward to seeing you at yeah. the play. Yep. Come find me. It's time for us to go. So in closing, I'd like to tell our listeners, thank you for spending time with us. We hope you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it, whatever it is, will help you up your business, your independence, or your life. I'm Carrie McCoy, and I'll see you next time on Up In Your Business. Until then, be brave and keep it up. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. If you'd like to sponsor this show or any show, email me, Gray, G-R-A-Y at flagandbanner.com. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Stay informed of exciting upcoming guests by subscribing to our YouTube channel or podcast wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple to help you live the American dream.